What up, what up, what up? That's ridiculous. Re roll the video again. That was garbage. I'm just kidding. What's up, everybody? Hey, y'all doing good? It's a, it's a Sunday night. You can't, you can't be this down. Fall is here. NFL football is happening right now. UCA football is winning. That's all I know. Did they beat A-State? Canceled. Because of Rona? It was wet? A-State was scared. I got it. A-State was scared. Hey, uh... If, those, I, if I haven't met you in here yet, my name is Justin Free. My wife and I, she was just up here. We get to Pastor Elevation. We're some of the pastors at Conway Campus. Um, if you don't attend weekend services, we are going through year, uh, not year of the Bible. We're going through life of Christ right now. And basically what this is, is this is a great opportunity for those. If I were to ask the people in this room, how many of you want to grow in your relationship with God? How many of you want to go deeper, know more about the life of Jesus, how to walk your relationship with God out? You would probably raise your hand. This is a great way to jump into it because we're, uh, Pastor Marcus, oh my goodness, that's probably not good. It's expensive. Uh, <laughs> I just kicked it again. Uh, we're, Pastor Marcus told us this, this morning that the love language of Jesus is to hear and to do. And so as we dive into scripture and we're reading the life of Jesus and what he tells us to do, we are showing God's, our love for God through the way that we live our life. And so we're jumping into the life of Christ. If you haven't done it yet, you can text Jesus to something. We'll show you later, or Instagram or something. I don't even know. Uh, but you can text it to somewhere, and hopefully somebody will text you back. So text your friends, whatever you want to do. Hey, if you're on the serve team in here, raise your hand. Like, for real, raise your hand. Like, like you serve a lot. Hey, give it up for these people right here. They, they make Elevation happen every week. Thank you guys so much. Y'all are the heartbeat of our ministry. Y'all get to come in here and snack on some Scooby Snacks and Oreos and uh, drink the iced coffee. And these people are, are working hard. These people are getting it ready. Uh, coffee, they're wanting to get bags of ice. You don't even know. You don't even know what's happening right now. So turn to your neighbor and say, you ready? Turn to your other neighbor, your second pick, and say, you better get ready. Oh, tension is high already. Tension is high. So we're going to continue in the series, The Wilderness, tonight, and we're going to talk about this topic, the weight in the wilderness. Everybody say, the weight in the wilderness. We're going to be studying the Israelites and their journey out of Egypt. How many of y'all have read the book of a little bit of Exodus? You know about the story of the Egyptians and the Israelites and how Israel's, Israelites just fled Pharaoh. He got cursed a lot of times by God. We're looking at that story as the Israelites leave. But I want to ask a question to start off. Who in here just loves waiting? One. Y'all are lying. There's only one in here. Nobody loves waiting, for real? Okay. Well, at least we're all on the same page. I can't think of a time in my life where I've just thought, man, I loved that season where I just had to wait a long time. You know, like, if you're in line at Disney World, your least favorite part is waiting in line. They, they sell passes that they sell a fast pass. That's exactly right. They sell the fast pass right up to the front. I, I'm not going to lie. I got to confess. It just came to me. One year we went to Universal Studios. My mom had like, I mean, she hurt her ankle. You know what I mean? But like, 
I'm not, re- I'm not going to say all of it. You know where I'm going. But we got the wheelchair. We, we put her in the wheelchair. We boated her. Boated. We pushed her around everywhere around the park, and we got up to the front. I, man, I feel free. Shake the dust. Come on. Shake it off. Let's go. <laughs> but it seems like we're always waiting. Am I right? Like, if you could think to your mind right now, you're either waiting for something right now. Some of you are in school. Let, let's just go through the list. So some of you are waiting on some new shoes to drop. Like some of y'all, the Jordans are coming out. You're like, man, I can't wait to cop those J's. Like, that's what you're thinking. Uh, some of you, you're waiting for the next iPhone. What up, iPhone 12? I don't even know if that's going to happen. That's the iPhone 11? Yeah. Don't, yeah, me. Like, you already know about all the iPhone 12 stuff. Yeah, yeah. What about some of y'all want a new house? Yeah. Yeah, some of y'all be looking for that house. Hey, I, I will tell you, this is, some of y'all better be praying harder. This was Cardi B's Christmas gift last year. So, if y'all boo ain't hooking you up for Christmas, you better get a new one. I don't know how that relates, whatever. How many of y'all have, been, have ever been in a season where you've waited on your next move? Like, whether you're about to graduate, it's within sight, you can't wait for the next stage of life. Maybe you're about to go to work, get that dream job. Maybe you're about to... <laughs> and then how many of y'all have ever waited for just the next paycheck? More money. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all, y'all cutting it short. Y'all eating dry ramen because that's the only thing your roommate had left. Or, or you're stopping by Burger King getting the four for four. Like, don't act like you grown if you're in here and you work all day like you ain't ever ate Burger King on a, on a budget. Don't ever act like you ain't never done that. We're, it seems like we're always waiting. Is, it, is that right? Like, especially in this season, like, imagine if you couldn't see the end goal. So, like, yeah, the semester is almost going to end. Like, we know that December's coming and it's going to be over. But for some of you, it's like, what, I'm waiting on God's plan. I'm waiting on my purpose. I'm waiting to know exactly what God's called me to do. And I'm just waiting. I, I don't know. I'm asking. I'm praying. I'm around the church, I'm, I'm waiting for God to speak, and I just haven't heard it. Or how many of y'all waiting for boo? Like, the one? You know what I'm saying? Like, God, would you just bring them already? Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I heard it. But it's, waiting can be so frustrating. Waiting can be so tiring and exhausting. And waiting is just never a season that we love being in. I, I looked up some stats. Uh, this is shocking. Stats show that for f- we will spend five years of our life, average of 80-year lifespan, we will spend five years waiting in lines. Waiting in lines at Walmart, the Kroger's, Silver Dollar City, Disney World, like in some line waiting on something to happen, we'll spend five years. More shocking, we will spend six months of our lives waiting for the light to turn green. In 80 years, you're going to spend six months. But thank you, Lord. We live in a city that honors and loves the Lord and has come up with roundabouts. Am I right? No longer will we fall victim to the six months everybody else going to live at the light. Not us. If you travel Dave Ward every day, I'm sorry. Because you're still in it. You're still in it. But waiting can be so frustrating. Tonight, we're going to look at the Israelites. I'm going to read you this verse really quick. Exodus 13, 17 through 18, it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, 
God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout. Hey, oh. Conway? <laughs> in a roundabout way, he took the less traveled path. He took the longer route. He took the time that they were going to have to wait. They knew there could be a shorter route, but they took a little bit longer. He took the longer way, the roundabout way, through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites knew the promised land was theirs. Like, they knew that it was there. They knew... It, it says that it was... Uh, I don't even remember how many miles. It was like an 18-mile journey, I think is what it was. Some of you uh, Bible scholars in here may be able to shout out how many miles it was. But it wasn't that far. Obviously, they're walking and riding horses and doing all these things. But it wasn't that far. So the Israelites knew exactly what they were going to do. They knew they were going to conquer the, the, the promised land. They knew they were going to get in there. God had already seen them through the Red Sea, but they didn't know that they were about to spend this 40 years in waiting. And that's sometimes where we can find ourselves. But as we look at this scripture, in these passages of scripture, we're going to learn that God develops us, that prays for us, or God prepares us, He trains us, he's equi He equips us, and He matures us, just like He is and does the Israelites in the story. He's, he does all these things in that season of waiting. So how do... If we find ourselves in that season of waiting, if we find ourselves in a spot where we're like, God, when is this going to happen? Or picture all those questions that you normally ask when you're stuck in a spot and you feel like you're stuck and you're like, God, are you going to move? When, are you gonna, when is this going to happen? What, what's, Lord, answer some of my questions here. What are some questions that we can ask? And I, I have three for us tonight. Question number one, what does God want to teach me? What does God want to teach me? So when you find yourself stuck, waiting, ask yourself, what does God want to teach me? So we're in the book of Exodus, and over the next 40 years, we travel through the book of Exodus, Leviticus. We finish the book of Exodus. We read Leviticus, and we read Numbers. If you make it through that part of year of the Bible, you're winning. You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all get, get, get trapped by Leviticus? And you're like, oops, maybe, maybe 2021. You know what I'm saying? I've been there before. But we, we read through all this, and the Israelites are waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and there's more waiting, and they're just sitting there. They're roaming about. They're running in circles. But in the meantime, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, the Mosaic Law. He gives Moses exactly the way the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant should be built, which is where the Spirit of God will live as the Israelites travel through the Promised Land. God does so much for the Israelites in this time, in this 40 years, but they choose not to look at it. But as they finish, we get to Deuteronomy 8, and this is Moses. They're, they're at the base of the Jordan River. They've traveled all these 40 years. They're standing here. They're about to cross over into the promised land. Their wait is over. And Moses turns around to all of these millions of Israelites, and this is what he begins to say. This is chapter 8, verse 2. He says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commandments. He's testing them. He wants to teach them something. There are things that God wanted to break off of the Israelites and say, I have something for you. I need to prepare you for the, for the promised land. If you go in just like you are, it's not going to work out. It's not going to go well. You're going to wish you had spent more time with me. There are things you're not going to be prepared for. Let me do a work in you. So this waiting season we wish would just end 
what does God want to teach you? What does God want to teach us? God can teach us humility. God can teach us generosity, how to be givers. Now, a lot of us, if I, by a show of hands, how many of you don't have a lot of money? I would be in there with you. Like, there are so many ways that we give and can be generous with our time, with our energy, with our words, the way we encourage and love one another. Like, there are so many ways that we can be generous. The way we serve Him, God can teach us that. God's, God's plan for you. God can reveal that as we wait, that we trust in God. So God wants to train us up. God wants to prepare us. The one thing the Israelites failed to realize is they needed the wilderness. you got to get this. They needed the wilderness. You and I need the moments of waiting so that God can do what he needs to do in us. So when I say, ask the question, God, what do you want to teach me? And you're sitting there in your dorm room or in your office or at your house, uh, and you're waiting on that next step. You're waiting on the job. You're waiting on the promotion. You're waiting on finances. You're waiting on a diagnosis. From Like, in these moments, God wants to do something in us. I could give you story after story. For the last four years, when we got married, we started waiting to buy, to buy a house. And we've been paying off debt. We've been preparing. And God's been revealing his real heart for us. There, there, year, year after year, we can look back and say, God, you have been faithful, even though it hasn't been on our time. God wants to do something in you throughout this time. God must do something in you before he can do something through you. How many of you want to be used by God in a mighty way? In your friend group, in your home, in your work, in your, in your relationships, in your families. God's got to do something in you before he can do something through you. So back in January, um, this is going to be really gross. If you have a if you have a weak stomach, maybe ask your neighbor for their mask so you can cover your eyes too. Um, but we, we had the opportunity. Any CBC baseball players in the house? Okay, none. Good. Uh, so we, we had the chance to go out to CBC. Uh, they had a spiritual retreat. or It may have just been a retreat, and they asked the spiritual people to come. I don't know what it was. Um, but we got to go out there, hang out with the team. We got to provide lunch. And, of course, like any, anybody would do, like a bunch of guys playing sports, we were like, oh, pasta. Of course, they want pasta. So we loaded my back seat up with all this pasta, pans of spaghetti and Alfredo and uh, bread, buttery bread. Like it's, it's a good ride. Like it smells heavenly. And we get up there and we deliver the food and we hang out with them for about an hour, an hour and a half. And I realize when we get back to the car, maybe when we unload it, there's Alfredo sauce all in my seat. And I'm like, oh, guys. They said, oh, there's Alfredo in your seat. And the guys that I went with, I'm like, well, clean it up. Like, duh. You don't just leave it. So we got some paper towels and napkins cleaned it up. So what I did not know is that we cleaned up what was on the surface. And there was something under the seat. And it was Alfredo sauce. And it, for three months, baked in my car. So exactly what you're thinking was exactly what I smelt. For three months. And here's a video of it. I had to prove it. Document. This is Pastor Amir. Catering that's been under El Free's car for that's a while. Mold. There's that's a little mold. mold. No, that, this first thing hanging is the seat. But that, that right there. I mean, for, look, will you lift this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, yes. That... I'm telling you, it was sick. Okay, you're like, what are you doing? So, 
what I did not know is over the course of this three months, this was happening. And I had no idea. My wife said, hey, I think there's something going on. I said, no, babe, I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up. I had wipes. I, I mean, I had an air freshener in there. That thing was not good enough. But little did I know, I needed to get underneath what was really going on. And I needed to, to, to get down deep into the things that had been growing in my car. And I needed to, I literally cut out some of our seat. I cut out the foam. I got rid of everything. I spent four and a half hours cleaning my back seat. Some of you need the time to do that. You've allowed things to grow. You've allowed things in your life so often and so frequently that you now have these, these spots in your life that God's like, hey, I would love to do a work there. Let me, let me do something in you. you see, I see the pride. Let me take that. I see the, the insecurities. I see the, the areas where you try to take control all the time. Let me, let me have the time to take care of those things. And if we would just take, take a moment, take the time and say, God, I'll, I'll let you teach me something. I'll let you do a work in me. It's only going to be able to take time. As we dive into the word, as we surrender our hearts to God, as we dive into scripture, those are the ways that God's going to do a new work inside of us. He's going to dig down deep. He's going to remove all the stuff that is garbage in our lives, like the backseat of my car. And then now it smells fine, I think, unless I've gotten used to it. But no, it's going to take some time. So ask yourself that first question. God, what do you want to teach me? Second question, do I trust God? Do I trust God? C.S. Lewis said, I'm sure that God keeps no one waiting unless he sees that it's good for him to wait. C.S. Lewis is smarter than me. That's the only why I put it in there. Do I trust God? And so as we... As we move about our life, I even had this thought during worship. How do I know if I trust God? Are you, do you worry constantly about the things you do not see or cannot control? That's how you know if you trust God. If you're always worrying, if you're always thinking, man, if only I could get this, or oh, I've, I've got I've to get all this stuff. Like, if you're constantly worrying and anxious about the things that you cannot control or the things you do not see yet, you do not trust God. And that's not a, not a place of condemnation. I'm not trying to put you down, but the good thing about God's word is God will do a work in our life. Let's realign. Let's put our trust. And we're going to read about that here in a second. Exodus 16, 2 through 4. The whole community of Israel complained. This is after they left Egypt. They're on their way. They're in the middle of the wilderness. They're like, oh, Moses. Here we pick it up. The whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. There we sat around pots filled with meat. Oh, glory to God. And ate all the bread we wanted. Amen. But now you've brought us into the wilderness. Into where? Into the wilderness to starve us to death. Lord, thank you for tonight. <laughs> like, the Israelites are sitting here complaining and complaining and complaining. I'll tell you this. When you're in a season of waiting and you, you look back, the things that you used to have are going to look pretty appetizing. The things that you look back and see, man, that was pretty good without knowing what God's taken you into, it's going to look like, man, I should go back. But no, embrace the wait. God's not going to waste your waiting season because he has something great for you. Just look at your relationships. 
If you would have settled for that past relationship, is, God, is God's best going to come along? No. God wants to do a work in you. They, they were constantly complaining. Basically saying, Lord, you're not, you're not doing it. You're not cutting it out for us. You're, you're, giving us, you're not giving us any food, any water. I, everything that we need, Pharaoh did it. They, at no point were they trusting of God except for when he led them through the Red Sea. When he parted the Red Sea and they were saved and nobody died, they were like, go God. How easy is it for us in those moments when we're on the mountaintop and we're experiencing the fullness of life and the victories in God? Is it easy to say, God, I love you and I trust you with everything I got. But when we're in a season where we're by ourselves and we're isolated and we're waiting on God to move, then it's like, man, I, I had it pretty good at that last job. I, th I thought you called me here. God, what? We had buckets of meat at the last... <laughs> we, we had all the water. We had, we had graves galore back there. It even says this in that passage of Scripture. Why wouldn't you just let us die in Egypt? Man, what vision? That's not vision at all. Don't settle for the things that you can accomplish. Let's wait and see what God has for us. I'm going to look at a passage in Isaiah. And this is a jump forward in Scripture. We started in Exodus. We're going to jump forward to Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. But this is God speaking about this moment in time in the book of Isaiah. I love how the scripture, you can, you can cross-examine in many books, and the same story is told, and the same truth is told. Check this out really quickly. Isaiah 30, verse 2 and 3. For without consulting me, this is God speaking to the Israelites, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You, you basically did not trust me. The question is, do I trust God? You've basically gone down to Egypt for help. You've put your trust... Where'd they put their trust? In Pharaoh. In Pharaoh's protection. You've tried to hide in his shade. His protection is good enough for you. But by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated. And by depending on him, you will be disgraced. How many of you... Did y'all used to watch uh, uh, trust fall videos? Y'all remember those? Are y'all too young to do that? Like, so y'all have YouTube too? Okay. I, th I thought we were on the same page. You can't trust the person, you can't trust all in yourself and trust the person that's going to try to catch you. Because if you trust in yourself, you're not going to fall. But if you trust in them, you will. And then you probably won't trust them after. I don't know how it goes. Listen, if we misplace our trust, we're going to constantly have misguided trust in the Lord. Like, God's wanting them to see, hey, you constantly went back to Pharaoh. You constantly, constantly, constantly back Back to Pharaoh. You're always your trust. And then in Isaiah 30, this is where the Lord says, hey, this is how you get it right. Hey, I diagnosed you never trusted me. You always ran back to Pharaoh. You always trusted in yourself, your self-reliance, in somebody that you could see in the things that he provided for you. And this is where we pick up Isaiah 30, 15 through 18. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. And this is to the Israelites too. A few verses later. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. And quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would, have, you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will guide us swift horses for riding. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you're going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. Man, imagine that picture. The thing that you put your confidence in, the thing that you run to, the thing that you go to for protection is the, is the same thing that's going to chase you down and kill you. That's what God's laying out here. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill 
or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. Look at this. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who what? Blessed are those who what? For his help. Do you trust in God? Do I trust in God? As we're sitting there waiting on God to move, waiting on something to happen, waiting on what we feel like God called us into. And the Israelites were promised the promised land. They knew it was going to happen. But as they sat there, their faith and their trust shifted from God to Pharaoh. Do I trust in God? This will always bring us back to trusting in the Lord. It will, humi- it, it will humble us. It will align our perspective and our vision with the Lord. And then lastly, point number three, and I'm almost done. Am I willing to wait? Am I willing to wait? 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Your wait is temporary. Are you willing to wait? I'm going to end with this illustration. This right here is an uh, ornamental kale. Uh, if you follow Emily, you know that we're into plants. This is not a plant. I don't think. Actually, it was, and then I just ripped it out of the bucket. So, cheapest one at Kroger. But if I had a seed right now, and I put that seed down in the middle of this, this dirt, it doesn't make any difference to that seed because it doesn't know the difference in being buried and being planted. It doesn't know... If I just killed it and put it in the ground or if I buried it with the intentions of it growing and producing fruit. Do you trust God? And are you willing to wait? The only thing that will will tell us in the near future if this thing will produce fruit is what? Time and care. In a few days, you may see some fruit come to the top. You may see a a sprout come out of the dirt. But for the first several days or weeks, you will see nothing on the top. Why? Because all the roots, all the growth is happening underneath. And that's what God does in our waiting season. God does everything he can inside of us to rely on him, to remain obedient, to remain faithful, to dig into his word, to remain to, to build a solid foundation like Pastor Marcus talked about this morning. Everything there happens underneath. But some of you feel like, man, I've been buried. Nothing is happening in my life. You feel like, man, I'm just, I'm stuck in here. I, I see nothing. There's no signs of anything happening in my life. When all along God's had you planted right where you are in the community you're in to say, I want you to grow. So if you will wait with expectation, with joy, knowing that God is doing a work in you and asking yourself, what is God trying to teach me? Do I trust God? Am I trying to rely on my own strength and own understanding? Am I trusting that the Lord has the best plan for me in store? 
And then am I willing to wait as long as it takes for God to finish that work and call me into something I know is from Him? That relationship, that job, those new J's, whatever it may be. Listen, don't think for a second you've been buried because God has planted you and has growth happening in you. I want to pray for us. God.